0: Whoa! You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcast Matrix. What is the PodcastMatrix.com?
1: Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Just trying to figure out
2: a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not
1: known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts
2: are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you. When it comes
0: to visual art forms, there's a staggering number of them. You know, there's film, there's television, live theater. You can enjoy sculptures and art. But none of those get us more excited than comic books. They may have been deemed the cause of juvenile delinquency over half a century ago. But today, comics are finally being recognized as the legitimate art form that they are. Bottom line a writer can craft a story, the artist brings it to life. During this episode, we'll be sharing our favorite comic book artists, their work, what it means to us, and are inkers just tracers? It's the art of it all on my big fat pull list. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and geekettes. I am Mr. X. With me, as always, Smurfy. And of course, Pistol Danger. If you couldn't tell from our introduction, we're going to be talking about our favorite artists. You can't have a comic book without art because then it's just a book, really. It's I mean, a novel. It's a novel. Well, mm-hmm. novella.
2: My first pick is, of course, Stuart Immonen, famously known for Next Wave. He's also drawn for Ultimate X-Men, New Avengers, and another really fantastic book that I really felt he brought the characters to life in, ultimate spider-man you guys use a lot of facts and a lot of like history i just like to gush about the people i like so much and to me what he does really well is facial expressions he just brings the characters to life to me when i see his drawings i i can immediately put voices in my head in other than the ones that are already there
1: in ultimate spider-man yes especially there was at least a million words in their faces Mm -hmm. like you know they say like a picture's worth a thousand words sorry all their facial expressions easily a thousand words. Like he oh, really yeah. did a great job of like expressing like Peter Parker, all those guys like with the art. Some of the art in comic book world is like kind of sketchy. You're like, is that guy smiling? Is that even an eyeball? Is that his nose? I don't know. But this guy's art was pretty phenomenal. Sorry, that's my take.
2: No, I, I absolutely agree. Like I said, I I'm a gusher, ladies. My first pick is
0: Arthur, Art, Adams. Art Adams is best known for everything. He's worked everywhere. He's worked for the big two. He's worked for the smaller companies. He's done illustrations for just about everywhere. What made him popular was back in 1985, some of his first mainstream work for Marvel was the Longshot miniseries. Now, here's a character that he's not a mutant, you know, but he's associated with the X-Men. Could have been a throwaway character, but then Art Adams comes along, and with this miniseries and Longshot's adventure in Mojo World and everywhere else, it's just it, it's so impactful. I love him because he has done everything. He's, he's, he's worked on the X-Men. He's worked on the Fantastic Four. Some of the best art I've ever seen is some of his Hulk work. Uh, I don't have many tattoos. Actually, I only have one. It's of the Juggernaut. But... I want to get a Hulk tattoo, and the art that I'm going to use when I get that tattoo someday is going to be Art Adams. Funny thing is, is that my my wife is not a huge comic book collector, but she does pick up some comic books. And it, it's all about what, what grabs her visually, especially for the cover. Well, guess what? One of the things that uh, he made very popular back in, I want to say maybe late 90s, early 2000s, uh, was Monkey Man and O'Brien. And it's literally, it's a story about Monkey Man. He's just a, he's a giant talking gorilla who wears clothes. And his partner, O'Brien, this feisty little redhead. We're at a, we're at a dirt convention one day and she's flipping through the boxes with me and she sees this. And it's just the image. She has no idea what the story is about, but she pulls it out and she goes, wow, this looks really good. And it's Art Adams Art. I'm like, oh, babe, I I mean, I don't know what the story's about, but I can guarantee you, you're going to love the art. Then she proceeded to hunt down anything that was Monkey Man and O'Brien related. I definitely suggest for anybody who does not know who Art Adams is, we're definitely going to have links to a lot of the art from all the artists that we talk about during this episode in the show notes for this episode at our website. So definitely go check those out.
1: So for my first pick, unlike your guys's, my artist primarily does cover art, but he has done cover art for all of the main t- you know titles Marvel, DC. Mm-hmm. He's done Green Lantern, Superman, Batman, Spider Man. I mean, and he's known for his variant covers. Uh, super popular on Facebook about it. He also does his art style and like the digital art style nowadays. Oh, okay. So the colors are way more like bold and bright and illuminating, and they can do some really awesome effects with like glares. That way, as you like tilt the image. It will like reflect and go across the whole page and tilt mm. it back and it's gone. So he does the he does the uh, J. J Abrams lens flare for yeah, comic book with, with, with art. And if you don't like the lens flare though, just tilt it right. Well, and right, it's gone. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, so who are we talking uh, about? You haven't you oh, haven't said his name. Greg Horn. Oh, okay, Greg. Yeah. i know Greg Horn. Guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's at every Comic Con I go to. I specifically go with a lot of money just to buy his art, mm-hmm. and well, it's all hanging nice on my deal. wall. Yeah, I love it. Guys, really cool guy too. Cut me a deal a few times on on his artwork so. But that's why he's one of my favorite. I just love his art style. So there you go. He's a deal cutter, and he's a good mm-hmm. artist. I've
0: I've seen some of his work. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice.
1: He's got the uh, on the internet the image of Superman where he just looks super pissed off, where his eyes are glowing. Like he yeah. His eyes. Mm-hmm. That's him. That's his With bright orange background. Yeah.
0: The digital art is definitely becoming more and more of a thing, and right. I, I feel like Greg Horn was the one that, that kind of cornered that market when it was hot. I agree. And people are are following in his footsteps. Yes. Uh, because it, it, even though yes, we're still pencil drawing and then ink. We right. got the inks, but not a lot anymore. Not, there's there there's still the pencil drawing, but gone are the days of every book having an inker because usually it's done digitally, right. along with all of the color. I I, I, I am old school. I, I I like the old ways, but I can't I cannot deny that the newer stuff, the digital stuff, does pop.
1: Right. That's that's for something you're hang on the wall is like. Artwork. Oh, yeah, covers. definitely. If you're going to put, yeah, yeah hang it and frame it and on the wall. Yeah. Cover, like, you look at it, you're like, wow, like, I don't know if I can handle a whole book like that, but the cover, hmm. drawn to it, awesome.
0: I think this is something that we can all agree about where comic books are concerned. If it's got an awesome cover, it's oh, yeah. going to draw us closer to it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. To grab it and pick it up and at at least possibly buy it. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and then the interior art may not be as great. Right. There's
2: been a couple of instances of that. And right. a couple yeah. Of oh, yeah, Batman yes. books I've had, yeah. yeah. yes. And, well,
0: I mean, it happens a lot. It does happen a lot. But, that cover art. Ooh, if, if it's pop, it will call to you from across a room yep. and say, Come pick me up, buy me.
2: <laughs> Piggybacking off Smurfy's fantastic artists and cover artists, my next pick is Alex Ross. And wow. I know him from 1996's Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. And that book is literally art. Well, yeah, every, every page. Yeah. Every single page. Was by, yes. Any he's, anything he does is mm-hmm. yeah is art. He feels like the Stanley Kubrick of comic books, where everything he does is exactly the way he wants it, and it's perfect in every frame. For an artist, I mean, he actually gets live subjects to pose yeah.
0: in the in, in the poses that he wants if for right. the panels or the covers that
1: he's doing. He also mm-hmm. throws in celebrities mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, you gotta look carefully, but in the background, there's tons of celebrities in all his drawings. Mm-hmm. I'm sure.
2: Marvels. Marvels is yeah. when
1: I
0: when I first uh, started noticing Alex Ross. First of all, I didn't think that this was a comic book. It's like, well, with art like this, you, this can't be. A, this is not a comic it's book. A book of this is yeah. this is like a graphic novel. This is this is some detailed stuff. You don't see this on comic book shelves. And you no, know, of course, I was wrong. It was a comic book. It was a great series.
2: And and like at no point do I feel like his work has deteriorated. No. Mm-mm. If anything, I feel like it's gotten a little bit better each time I've seen it. And that's the crazy thing to me. is like The more I look at things, the more I notice about things. And then I'll read the next thing he's done. And then he just gets better and better and better. And he's, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and this is his art. And it's beautiful.
0: He's an artist in more than just I can draw things. Yeah. He is an artist. His work is hung in people's homes. Yeah. I, I know it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it.
1: Like nice framed, too. Not yes, just the Walmart ten dollar. Not just, right. not
0: just you know with the the two sided yeah, right. tape and stuff like N- that. Yeah, yeah. And a thumb yeah. Tape. really right. framed mm. too. Yeah. Well, my second pick is an artist that I've been following, uh, well since uh, since just a little bit after he came on the scene, uh, Chris Bacalo, and I'm probably saying it saying it wrong. I've heard it pronounced Bacalo. I've always called him Bacalo. If I'm wrong. Let me know, and I'll apologize.
1: I've heard it said both ways.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, nobody can give me a straight answer. Not even the internet. So
1: let's email him and see what he says.
0: Yes, I will do that. I will. I will hit him up, Chris. If you're listening, tell us how. Chris is uh, best known for the uh, the the quirky cartoon like style that his art became. But it didn't start that way, actually. If you go back to his earlier work, uh, uh, especially with DC's Shade, The Changing Man, and some of, some of uh, Neil Gaiman's work with, uh, with Death, okay. uh, the, the comic series Death, it was it was more of a dark, subdued, I don't want to say cluttered, because you could still understand what you were seeing. You had to look at it. In Generation X, he, he helped uh, co-create Gen- Generation X with uh, writer Scott Labdell back in 1994. And his art style there was the the it did look a little flat. Not saying that it was bad flat. No, like, right. oh, wow, this right. is really bad art. The thing is, though, is that this is an artist that since I have been following him since almost the beginning of his career, I've actually seen his art style mature and get better. And he still does the same thing. He He shoves a lot into a panel. Actually, most of the time what it is is, He says, "Screw panels," and it just flows on the page. Sometimes with a nice big splash page or a double splash page, and even though maybe you might see some of the line work where a panel should be, he kind of just goes where he wants. Right? You have to pay attention to follow what he's doing sometimes, and it could be it can be a little annoying if you're not used to his artwork. But by now, I'm old hat, so I know what he's doing. But yes, definitely. If you if you haven't checked out generation X that's that's a great X-Men book from the 90s we've talked on the the podcast before about age of apocalypse w- was a great story for the anniversary of that they returned to the age of apocalypse and Chris got to do all the work for that miniseries yeah, okay. I this. and even though the story sucked
1: yeah was the art was great the art was great
0: he is actually one of the artists that I will Go out of my way just to pick up his work, even if it's a book that I don't read. Right. Like I actually started collecting Doctor Strange because he mm-hmm. was doing the book. I was like, ah, Doctor Strange is all right, but I love this art and I want to see what he's going to do with Doctor Strange. And it, it turned out that, luckily, the writer was also good, and the story arc that he did all the the art for was a good story. So I dodged a bullet there. But yes, definitely, if you have, if you don't know who I'm talking about, check out Chris Bachalo.
1: For my second pick, I'm going with Todd McFarlane. Best, who? Who's who, that? Yeah, no, uh, Who's Todd McFarlane? Oh, Barry, he, he makes toys. No, yeah, he makes some good toys. Oh. <laughs> uh, mainly, yes. ma- mainly about sports figures and, and movies and I, horror. Horror Yeah, kidding. I yeah, know yeah, your jokes. Yeah, yeah but, I know. Uh, Busted your chops. But right, but he <laughs> primarily and every time I think of like his name, what comes to mind is his covers of Spider-Man mm-hmm. and, of course, Spawn but he was one of the guys who had Spider-Man do all the really cool poses he was one of the first guys to ever have Spider-Man do those really so you could really see his agility and really make him like, wow, this guy's like super athletic and super agile. And which for the awesome. first
0: time in 30, yeah. 40 years, somebody was drawing Spider-Man differently. Exactly, and he actually got a lot of flack from his editors about that. He was like, they're "Dude, like, what are you you're doing what? Are you, what doing? you doing? Stop
1: it!" Yeah, they're like, "It's not real." He was to him, he was like, "It looks good."
0: The story I remember one of the stories McFarlane would talk about when he was when he finally got to Spider-Man because he did a lot of other books for Marvel. Right before they gave him Amazing Spider Man, I remember some of the first stuff I saw him do for Marvel was on Incredible Hulk while Peter David was writing it. Yeah. There was a there's a handful of issues with McFarlane doing Gray Hulk and I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. But once he finally got Spider Amazing Spider Man, one of the things the editors kept on getting onto him about was the webbing. Yeah. Because before it was awesome just him. it was just a you a know a line, line yeah. or <laughs> maybe uh, a line with a- Weird little, it looked little like edges like, yeah, like, ro- like a rope, yeah, right. No. A rope, right. He I mean, started making it look like, well, according to the editors, spaghetti webbing, yeah, mm-hmm. because he put more detail into it, but and it was
1: more knotted
2: up. Like but shot but, out but knotted that makes more sense, yes.
0: And and mm-hmm. I love how he challenged the editorial staff at Marvel by saying, guys, they don't care what you think, right? These books are selling because. They like my art. The nineties was a wild time was, for artists yes. because they were the superstars mm-hmm. where comic books were concerned. No longer was it writer artist walking the line together or even the writer being the more prominent right. one. The art it was it was the art or nothing. Yeah. And McFarlane was definitely one of the I guess you would call it the bad boys yeah. of comic book art back then.
1: All the documentaries I see. So what you just said. Yep, he was like the outcast, the bad boy. like, oh he's hard to work with, but his stuff sells, so everybody was like, Great. You but know, he's good. That's the thing. If you're good at what right.
0: you do, you can be cocky and arrogant yep. right. because you know what you're doing. Yep. Look at Frank Miller. Agreed. Oh yeah. Both a writer and an artist, mm-hmm. he can be cocky as hell because right. he knows he can do it. He right. he has been responsible for some of the best work out there. He's also been responsible for some of the worst. But not everybody is always a hit. Right. The same with McFarlane. McFarlane hasn't. Oh, yeah, hasn't hit. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. Home runs every single. No time he's he's come up to the easel right but but he's one of those guys that turned his talent into an empire essentially i mean the man really doesn't have to work ever again if he doesn't want to right no no right he's got enough people creating and pumping out original content for him that he can just sit back and collect a check if he wanted to but no he keeps on drawing where image comic books is concerned spawn as just a character that todd mcfarlane created Spawn is one of the longest running yes. non uh, what what would you call mainstream? it
1: mainstream? I don't know. Not
0: mainstream. It's they have not screwed with his numbering. Oh yeah. It is yeah. uh, it really? is yeah, it's uh that Continuity? and Savage Dragon okay. yeah. have have kept their numbering, numbering system, system from, beginning. from issue 1. They've right. never stopped and gone with hey, it's Spawn volume right. 2 number 1. No, it's still going. That, it's that, almost to 300.
1: That, that's that's okay. really popular. Yeah. Like, they they have an awescorous continuity. They're like, nope, keep yeah. the number going. We're not going to stop it. Start it. Mm-hmm. It's this one long, ongoing, awesome series. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, I actually had a lot of trouble coming up with my three because I actually had four. The person I couldn't put on this list was, unfortunately, Dan Schoning. Mm-hmm. And he does the art for the Ghostbusters, which I find
0: wonderful art. Gorgeous. For the Ghostbusters, yeah.
2: yes. It's one of the selling points. But he was barely beat out by Sanford Green because I feel Sanford Green, on his run of Iron Man, Power Man and Iron Fist, I love it so much. It's different. It's gritty. Like, the art looks gritty and clean, and I love— again, Gritty the, the and fishing, clean at the same time. Yeah. It's okay. this weird—I would recommend anybody going out and, and trying to track this, this run down. It's not a very long run. Um, uh, I think it's like heart. 15 issues. Yeah, it yeah. broke my heart that it was over. But the art and the character representation, I feel, is fantastic. Mm. It fits this book. It makes it different. It sets it apart from everything else. And I would always recommend people find this. And I hope Sanford Green does a lot more books because I'm a fan of his now. And I will find his books and start picking them up. Yeah, all I know of Sanford Green is I know
0: he did... A little bit of time working for Archie Comics. He did some covers for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Not a lot of of them.
0: uh, I I wouldn't say less than ten covers. It was still good artwork, though.
1: Right. Because I I own a lot of those, and it was very, like, stuck through the video game. I don't know, it was good, and like you said, it's clean art.
0: Preparing for this episode, I tried to find out uh, more information about Sanford, and he's he's elusive.
2: Yeah, he is Mm -hmm. not around. (laughs) I also tried to do, (laughs) that's why I'm sticking exclusively to Power Man and Iron Fist, because it's not that much out there. Like If well, you just Google him, most of the stuff that comes up is Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. I saw a couple of uh, Yosagi Jimbo covers. Maybe not covers, but art that he did. There him. was a lot of
0: stuff on Deviant art that he had out. Yes. Yes. I find it interesting, though, because anybody, and of course, anybody that has listened to this podcast for any period of time knows how much Pistol loves the Ghostbusters comic yeah. book from IDW. Almost as much as Spider-Man. Yes. So it surprises me. That the artist of those Ghostbuster comic books Mm -hmm. did not end up on this list and has actually been beaten out by an artist who
2: only has done 15 issues of Iron Fist and Power Man. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons because he's so elusive. He's someone you have to go out of your way to find. Where Ghostbusters are, the IDW comics are mainstream now. Yep. And. I love the art, don't get me wrong. It's definitely, you know, I'm not saying that there's s- anything
0: wrong with mainstream.
2: Yes, no, obviously no. not. I mean, you've got to go out of your way to find Sam for green stuff and I think it's worth going out of so your way. So his
0: elusiveness to find. is a, is a part of the appeal of the art. Yeah, and interesting. Just really okay. good art. Okay. <laughs> My third and final pick was very hard because there's so many great artists out there that I I I do admire and have made me love comic books because of what they've created and what they continue to create. But I had to throw in a man that I respect greatly because of his work ethic. Stan Sakai, the creator of Usagi Ojimbo. Now, Stan has done a lot of lettering and other stuff, but he he wasn't known until he created Usagi Ojimbo. We're in the 80s, we're in the early, mid-80s. Stan Sakai has been the sole writer and almost the sole artist for over 200 issues. That is impressive. Over three volumes of Usagi Ojimbo. So not only, if you go back and look at his earlier work, can you see the progression of his art getting better, but because he is the one writing everything, he's God. You don't have to worry about a guest writer coming in and creating some little piece of continuity that you have to worry about retconning later on.
1: Like Usagi forgot, to, forgot karate. Oh, God. Like, really? Oh God. Well, well, first of all, it's not karate he it. doesn't do karate. See him? Now he does. Uh-oh, guest <laughs> writer. oh yeah, yeah crap, exactly. Yeah.
0: Usagi the karate rabbit. <laughs> right. instead <Okay>. of <laughs> right. Instead of Ninja the samurai rabbit. rabbit. Right. Exactly. Not only that, but he's also one of the nicest creators out there because he literally has no problem with somebody else using his character.
2: Yeah, I believe and we talked Turtles. about this briefly where you've mentioned that everything Usagi's ever done is canon to Usagi. So like, mm-hmm. he's met different iterations of the Turtles and been like, well, you're a Leonardo. You're not but the Leonardo not the that, th- that th- I've I met know. before. Yes. yes, exactly. Which yes. is fascinating. Which is and- really cool. Yeah.
0: If you pay attention to all this stuff, I've known of Usagi for a while. I've read a handful of his appearances anytime there was a little bit of a crossover where the Turtles were concerned. He was always in the back of my mind where his comic book was concerned. But five years ago, I was at a Dirt convention, and I happened upon somebody who was getting rid of a pretty significant pseudo-collection. It wasn't everything, but it was a lot of chunks in a lot of sequential order. Okay, for quarter for quarters each, and I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, it's going to be it, if it's this cheap, I'll grab them all. Yeah, dive in. And then I, I was like, oh no, I get them all. In I there. must have them all. <laughs> so I've gone back, and, and you know, the original volume was was self published, uh, didn't last very long, maybe uh, only into the twenties. Uh, no, uh, early thirties. Numbering wise, then volume two, they went to Mirage Comics, the home oh, yeah. of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And Usagi had a 13 issue run at Mirage. And then after that, he's been at Dark Horse ever since with, you know, volume three, brand new number one. And we're already into the uh, almost to the 200s in in that comic book just alone. His writing is great because every story matters. For this character, but you can also see how much dedication he takes where the art is concerned because he'll even take some time off. He's like, guys, I, you know, you know, I love Usagi, but I need a little break. So, uh, you know, we'll be back in a couple of months, and we'll pick it up then. And we're like, okay, you, you we'll be here. We're waiting. You've so, earned. Yeah, you've yeah, earned. You earned you've earned a break. Thank guys, you gotta,
1: very I gotta, much. I got a hand cramp. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few. <laughs> So, guys, for my third pick, it's another pretty well-known guy, Jim Lee. i never heard of him. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't have, honestly. Jim
2: Lee? Age. What's his last name? Jim Lee. Uh, I know Stan Lee. It,
1: it, it, it's, it's Jimmy. <laughs> it's, oh, Jim Lee is Stan's yeah. brother? Right. Yes. Well, of course Identical. we know Jim
0: Lee. Tell us about your love of Jim
2: Lee, I, Smurfy. Uh, honest, I, I must I, know.
1: I first fell in love with him was uh, Wizard Magazine. They had a huge kind of, you know, I guess, you know, whatever, spotlight on artist And uh, he had a drawing of Superman out there that has stuck with me ever since. So really? Whenever okay. I, mm-hmm, whenever I picture his name, I know he's done a lot of mm-hmm. other stuff for Marvel and DC and Image and, you know, all over the well, place. Well, that's where he got his start. Right. right? But this is just it's one drawing of Superman. I don't know. He, he drew him probably overly muscular, but it just always stood out to me. Always took it in my head. Uh-huh. So ever since then, I was just like, if he's, if he's drawing it right, or yeah, if he's drawing it, I'll at least pick it up, go through it, probably buy it.
0: The guy has got an interesting career, though he, he does. The thing is, sometimes, sometimes you just stay where you're at. You just stay an artist. You stay, you keep on working on the funny books. This guy went from, you know, getting his start at Marvel. If I'm not mistaken, the first time I remember seeing him, he was doing issues of Alpha Flight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys are somewhere right? before, well, well, yeah, but right. before he could move up to the big leagues right. and revolutionized comics with X Men number one. Back in the early '90s, he was doing Alpha Flight. Right. So then mm-hmm. he gets the X Men, you know, the Holy Grail at that point in time. Right. X Men number one is still to this day the highest grossing comic book.
1: Now you're talking about ever the one that when it came out, it was in the, four the '90s. Co- yeah. The, yes. The four and covers. I'd- it's for fans out there who don't know, he did four covers, and you could put them all together, and made one giant picture. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it covered all the X Men that were in the book at the time. Yep. And to this day, I Magneto. I mean, like now, I think you can find the book for like a quarter, but the art right. on it is still just absolutely fantastic. Well, the People thing is, like, is oh, that quarter, it's worth, it's but it's worth absolutely nothing, yeah, but the, because there were so, so many, many of those printed.
0: issues printed. That's but, why it's the highest
1: selling comic that, book that ever. That art now, still, when I think of X Men, I think of that art all the time. Like I think of that cover where I'm just like, oh, that yeah, art is what
2: inspired x-men the animated series yep okay yeah you know right and i mean still going forward like that's still a solid poster to make like if you want a little comic book poster spend uh you know 20 bucks get a cheap frame and you've got it all you go to a local comic store i guarantee you they
1: probably have all four issues you'll you'll spend more on the frame than those books probably (laughs) all four for like a buck but look at this guy fast forward two decades right starts
0: working at dc doing batman i mean i remember when he when he started working at dc on for hush yeah the storyline hush in bat in the batman comics oh holy crap and not only has he done that but then he went on to redesign every single character for the new 52 and we're not going to talk about that no no but he he now he's he is a staple in running dc comics now say what you will Golden Boy makes good and continues to make good because, again, like we've said, for some of these artists, they know what they're doing, yeah. they have the skill, and they can demand more because they are that good.
1: And they're allowed to take the risks. Yeah, with our like hey, everyone try something different. If it flops or you know if it fails, uh, they mm. have that. You know, oh, Jim Lee has had some failures, oh, yeah. but he's been able to you know recover. He has because, recovered because yes. of his talent. So.
2: And I think that it's important to note, like that he has been around so long that he's been able to pick up things from other greats in the industry, mm-hmm. so I think that's a fair way of saying, as he's climbing the ladder, he's not doing it by himself. he's learning from all these other people who mm-hmm. are on all, all these right. other lists.
0: well, then you also have to keep in mind it's a it is a business, so mm-hmm. you have to try to outdo your competition, mm-hmm. so the sometimes competition yourself. of other well, yeah,, yeah but sometimes the competition of other artists, right. even if they're your friends, yeah. You know, You have to be better if your book is going to sell more than their book. So, uh, again, an artist's life is not an easy life. No. To be just a comic book artist or a comic book writer, that is a huge gamble you are taking for a career. Unless you get to sign a contract. Because nowadays, most of the people working for the big companies are work for hire. Yeah. They're not signing, you know, five-year contracts or... 300 issue contracts with with any companies. It's all work for hire. Right. So it's a crapshoot for these the, guys. They're like,
1: you can keep working until you suck and bye-bye. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, See you later.
0: And then you're going to have to hope that the other mm-hmm. guy will hire you. Yes. Well, that's our ramblings about our favorite artists, but we want to know who your favorite comic book artists are. Head on over to our website at mybigfatpolls.com, Fill out the contact form and let us know who do you love Drawing those characters in all those panels.
1: Sometimes I like to doodle on pages.
0: Really, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. It's not great. I, I used to have artistic uh, I talent. Too. I once upon a time I hurt, uh, hurt my hand when I was a kid. Ripped the uh, almost ripped a finger off, severed the tendon and the nerve. Stayed in a a hand splint for over six months. I never after I got it off. I never just had that sleight of hand anymore. It just it just wasn't there anymore. So I turned to
1: writing. In high school, I went to be a comic artist, but I had the Liefeld syndrome where I was like, I can't draw feet, and then I was like, <laughs> oh god, I also can't draw hands. Oh no, this is going nowhere fast. Can't so, draw faces yeah, either. Like, Can't I draw guess, faces. I could do faces, but the eyes were always really weird. Like one eye would be really great and the other eye would be like, really, like so the guys always looked like, hmm, like the tick, like He's always quizzical. They're always <laughs> perplexed. All my guys were perplexed. And, yeah, like, I guess they were heroes. Why do all your
0: characters look like they're passing games? Right. Or so. they're all confused. Like
1: I was, I was like, so I was like, This is not for me because they have no hands, they have no feet and they all look just really confused. Maybe they're confused they have no hands and feet. I maybe, don't know. Maybe right? but that's when I was like, so, no, a lot of extreme close ups of heroes. Yeah, I'll stick I'll stick to reading them.
0: We don't have any artistic talent. No, we have other skills. We talk about comic books. We
1: have friends that have artistic. And we skills. have yes, yeah.
0: that's the that's another great thing. We have we have buddies that know how to do it for us.
2: Mm-hmm. And even if you have no artistic skill, draw us. Send it to us. We love fan art. I'll frame it. <laughs> yeah,
0: S- send in your send in your fan art of the My Big Fat Pull List geeks. Email us a, uh, your homemade drawings, folks. To our email address, mybigfatpullist at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All one word. All lowercase letters. We would love to. And, and you know what? I'd love to see it. We'll I'll, even post it on, on our it. social media. I'll, yeah. throw, I'll throw
1: on the webpage. I'll Incentive
0: to get those crayons out and doodle something on a piece of paper. i working
1: pastels. How dare you? Whatever.
2: Until next time, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy, And I'm Pistol
1: Danger. And we love you guys. That's our show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast listening app of your choice.
2: What he means is download and subscribe on every app possible. Have comments, questions,
0: suggestions for future shows? Reach out to us at our website at mybigfatpulllist.com.
1: You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep your web fluid sticky. Your batarang's sharp. Ouch. And your space guns charge. That's not a space gun.
0: That's Megatron. <laughs> so I wanted to be a comic book artist, couldn't do that. Well guess what? Haha! I'm a comic book writer now,
1: baby! You said it in a lot of art classes. Are you though? Are you? Hey, I three issues
0: of Legacy's End exist out there. Oh. So I am a comic book writer. Okay. Thank you. Hey Mm. I was almost
1: Adjust adjust your
2: glasses, Mm.
0: sir. I don't I don't need to.
1: (laughs) I will not adjust
0: my glasses for you. I know what I I... speak of. You know, we we waste time with facts. Sorry, I and don't have like a lot of underground being, or hey, unknown
1: hits that I go for. The being, mainstream being a, guys being a
0: learning podcast where we try to teach nerds. Right? Yes, it's all for the nerds,
1: guys. You guys need to hug it out. Let's hug it out, guys. Something. Hug it out. There's what tension I in have. this room, and I can feel it. I'm just looking at those <laughs> luscious lips right now. Oh my god! You're like you <laughs> Dude. You're behind.
0: <laughs> Dude, leave my luscious lips out of this. <laughs>
2: And there's the stinger.